Support for this podcast comes from Smartwater. Want to get a little more from every sip? Smartwater Alkaline doesn't just taste crisp and pure. It's loaded with everything you need to perform at your best, whether you're running marathons or boardroom meetings. Elevate how you hydrate and pick up a Smartwater Alkaline today. To learn more, visit drinksmartwater.com. What is going on, Bills Mafia? Welcome. Welcome, Bill, Bills Mafia, into the show. Welcome into the Overreaction Sports Podcast, brought to you by the Market Dominator on the Buffalo Rumblings Podcast Network. I'm your host, Joe Miller, the voice of the Overreaction Sports Podcast. My name is Joe Miller. You can find me on Twitter at Joe Miller Wired. And I am excited for this show, and I'll be honest with you, as excited as I am for this show, I still have not gotten used to necessarily doing these live. (laughs) For those of you that are listening on Monday or Tuesday, or even possibly Wednesday, I record these live on YouTube uh, Sunday nights, and uh, it's it's a little nerve-wracking, a little bit, a little bit nerve-wracking, but uh, but I'm, I'm I'm getting the hang of it slowly but surely. I do one takes generally as it as it goes. Uh, for these podcasts, I don't edit a whole bunch or in, historically have not edited a lot, but this just adds a whole nother complication to it. Like if I jack up the intro, then, then I have really jacked up the intro, but I'm super glad that you are here. Like I said, this is the overreaction sports podcast brought to you by the market dominator. Who is the market dominator? You might ask, well, I, I have to talk about my good friend, John Spazcheck. John is the market dominator. He is a real estate uh, broker with Keller Williams, the largest real estate brokerage in the world. And John is one of the best in Western New York. If you're looking to buy a home or sell a home, why not choose the best person to do so? His name is John. You can find him on Twitter. His handle, he is Bill's Mafia at your elite broker. You can email him at your elite broker at gmail.com. That's your elite broker. His uh, information is right there on the screen if you're watching me live, or you can call him on his personal cell phone, 716. 716- Five seven zero three two nine eight. That number again seven one six five seven zero three two nine eight. Look, everybody, it is it is an exciting time to be a Bills fan. The schedule's out. I don't know where where the schedule is find has found you, but if you if if this podcast is where you are at to talk about and listen about the schedule, I, my guess is you've been consuming content. My guess is is you've been out out and about everywhere looking for content and listening and gobbling it up. We're going to talk we're going to talk schedule tonight but first and foremost I'm just glad you're here. I say it every single week. It's an honor and a privilege. If you're a first-time listener or a long-time listener, if you're a fan of Joe Marino, I'm excited to have Joe on the show tonight. If you're a fan of Joe Marino and this is the first time you've been on with me or maybe this is the the second time you've heard my voice, uh the first time being the time that I was on Joe a couple months on with Joe a couple months ago. Look, I'm just excited that you're listening. And as always, whether this podcast finds you around a cup of coffee, on the commute to or from work at the gym with your AirPods in or now watching me live on YouTube, let me just say one more time, welcome. And as I said a second ago, I didn't even allude to it or infer it. I literally said the schedule was released last week, Wednesday. And it, it, it has me wondering where you're at on the whole schedule release thing. 
like how are you feeling bills mafia we're going to talk about the schedule at length so we're going to take a little bit of a it's not a deep dive but joe and i are going to take a surfacey dive if you will into the schedule uh we're going to talk about quarterback uh comps so josh allen versus who who he's going to be playing potentially because it's actually up in the air in a lot of situations we're going to talk about uh key additions and losses from each team and we're going to talk about home field advantage as far as the stadium that they're playing in whether they're playing at home or they're playing on the road and i'm going to be honest with you i'm hoping we can get through all of it because i would like to take some of your questions as we go i'd like to take some some mafia questions as we go if we have some good ones that kind of come in based on versus or certain games that we're talking about at whatever given time uh but uh excited to have joe on the show we're gonna have a lot of fun uh on this show uh before i get any further as i kind of announced before a couple weeks ago uh we are looking to bring jay spence and myself jay spence the king and myself host of the conduct the code of conduct podcast we're looking to bring to you bill's mafia 24 7 365 commercial free radio uh to bill's mafia and we need your help to do so uh big announcement for that we uh one of the things that we're doing with this radio station uh, is we're going to give 10% of gross revenue, not net revenue after, after expenses, gross revenue, 10% of gross revenue is going to go back into the community. You can find that on the website, www.overreactionsports.com. But we're literally going to take 10% of every dollar that comes into this radio station. It's going to be commercial free, uh, subscriber based, but we're going to take 10% of every dollar that comes in and we're literally going to set it aside and give it away to charity. We're going we're gonna to reinvest it back into the Buffalo community and I'm super excited. We're super excited to announce that we one of our partners for that is 26 Shirts. So we have entered a partnership with 26 Shirts. Uh, so they are going to be, be a recipient of quite a bit of the funds that we uh, bring in if we get the opportunity to do this. But uh, if you go to that website, www.overreactionsports.com and check it out, you're going to find that we're going to need your help. So if you could jump over there. Uh, and if uh, if you're so inclined to help us get launched, we are looking to raise about $250,000 so that we can launch before September 1st. And then once we launch, it's on like Donkey Kong, as they always say. But uh, I got Joe Marino coming up in about three minutes. Uh, but we're going to talk a lot about just destinations as well. And before we get there, I've been to Miami. I've been to Lucas Oil. I've been to Arrowhead. I've been to Ford Field, Cleveland, and Cincinnati. Uh I, I love to road trip. I've also been to a lot of stadiums that don't exist anymore, which is kind of funny. I've seen a lot. Of, I've seen the Bills play in stadiums that have been torn down since. Last year, we planned to go to Las Vegas. My wife and I had flights booked. We had rooms at the Bellagio. Uh, we obviously didn't have tickets yet, and then obviously, you know, COVID happened. Or it was in the middle of COVID when the whole thing happened. Um, but uh, I would not say that I, I wouldn't go as far to, to say that this year, twenty twenty one, has what I would call a exciting road schedule if that makes any sense. I don't know that when I look at Miami, New York, uh, New Jersey, uh, Kansas City, Tennessee, Jacksonville, New Orleans, Tampa Bay, New England. There, I mean, I, I would, I've always wanted to go to New Orleans. New Orleans. I've never been to New Orleans. And, and Tennessee is nice. I've been to Tennessee a bunch. My mom lives just south of Tennessee about an hour. I've been to Tennessee a lot, and I've, I haven't caught a Bills game there. And the Bills Mafia presence in Tennessee is something to behold, as well as in Jacksonville. But there's not a whole lot of stadiums or a whole lot of cities here or teams I, like I told you, I've been to Kansas City. I've been to Miami. Uh, I used to live in Tampa. So that's, I mean, there's whoopty. I've actually seen football games in the Big Sombrero, never in the new Tampa Stadium. What is it? Uh, I forget the name of the stadium, but uh, Raymond James Field or Raymond James Stadium. But uh, there's not a whole lot of great stuff there as far as that goes. But uh, 
it's going to be interesting to, as Joe and I kind of break it down and talk about just the opportunities that the Bills are going to have to be on the road. And the Bills have been, since Josh Allen came on board, traditionally, if you can say traditionally in three years, a relatively decent road football team. And obviously that's helped by the fact that they dominate Miami in Miami. They dominate the Jets in New Jersey. Uh, but we're going to talk about some of these some of these uh, road opportunities that we have. But uh, this week, I've, I've kind of primed the pump a little bit, and uh, he's in the in the green room right now, Joe Marino, as I'm staring at his face. I don't know if he can see me or hear me, but uh, <laughs> shaking his head, yes. <laughs> but uh, this week, if you don't know, but I'm sure that everybody does, from the Draft Network, we have Joe Marino, host of the Locked On Bills podcast, my Monday morning check with me guy that I talk about all the time, and someone that I'm proud to say at this point, has become a friend of mine, Joe Marino. Joe Marino, how you doing? Joe Miller, I'm good, man. Thanks for having me. Um, man, I wish I had something better to drink besides this water. And now you have, <laughs> have me wondering what's in the cup there. It's a uh, reposado. Is that how you say it? Reposado. So it's a little, it's a little, uh, it's a little tequila mixer. It's nothing major. Uh, just a little adult. It's it's evening. It's evening time when we're recording this. But uh, I'm not the guy to check with for pronunciations because I'll tell you what, <laughs> I get more complaints about the way I pronounce a player's name or something than I do my actual football takes. It's amazing, dude. I have there's a guy on my list, a key addition. I can't remember which team it was, and I literally put on there can't pronounce this guy's name. <laughs> <laughs> Hopefully we'll get there. Here's the thing. If we can't get through all of these, so if we get through half of them, I need you to do me a favor. Will you come back? Whether it's, if it can't be next week, fine, but will you come back so we can do maybe the last half? Yeah, man, dude, yeah, I'm uh, you're, you're on the automatic yes list. You know what I mean? <laughs> well, good. So, I appreciate that. <laughs> cool. I mean, then, th then we won't be in too, too huge of a rush, right? So we'll, we'll, we'll yeah. take not our time, but we'll dive into this a little bit. Um, I sent you earlier, I sent you, I was like, we're going to take an in-depth look. And then I had to correct myself. I was like, well, <laughs> there's, there's 17 games, maybe not an in-depth look, but we're going to yeah. take a look. We're going to take a look. As so, long as we're talking football, I'm good, man. I, I can, I think we can handle it. And you have the hat that I've been seeing on social oh, media that I want. Dude, I had to get it. I, I, I literally got it <laughs> yesterday. It, it was on my, uh, uh, I saw the same ads you probably did. It was like $23. Yeah. I'm like, yeah, I'm going to get that. And yep. uh, showed up yesterday and figured I'd break it out here for the stream. Yeah, it looks really, really good. So also I just, a 26 shirt here. I saw you were hyping them up. So Yeah, dude. So that's a really kind of, yeah, really cool thing. So this this wasn't necessarily planned. It, it just kind of came up, and this is a total sidebar. Uh, it was part of the business plan for Spence and I, and I brought it to Spence. I was like, look, bro, whatever we do, I want to, generosity giving back to the community is charity work is something that's just in my heart. And it's in Spence's as well. Like his podcast is based around charity. So he'll bring people on, talk about the charities and stuff like that. I said, it's in my heart to give 10% back of gross revenue back in the community if this thing happens and takes off. And he was mm -hmm. like, let's do it, dude. He Because when you think about the opportunity to put $100,000, $500,000, whatever, a million dollars back into the city of Buffalo, like that changes lives. That's it changes deal. lives. Yeah. So I took it to Dell uh, amongst a couple other charity organizations and Dell was all for it. Dell's like, let's go. Let's do this. So really, really cool. So super, awesome. super excited about that. So welcome to the show, Joe Marino. Uh, appreciate you being here. So do me a favor real quick, just for the folks uh, that may not, I can't imagine somebody doesn't know who you are, but uh, tell us about your pod uh, and where folks can find you. Yeah. So the podcast is Locked On Bills, daily podcast in the Buffalo Bills. We got Zach Moss on there tomorrow. Uh, nice. The interview, it's, it's really good. Um, we talked a lot about the 2020 season and some of those dynamics that I think we're overlooking whether it was his turf toe injury or the middle three of that offensive line really being in shambles, not in shambles, but a lot of injury, you know, and, and how he didn't have the normal onboarding 
uh, process that our rookie gets. So uh, we talked a lot about that as goals for 2021, his new podcast. So that's tomorrow on Lockdown Bills. But Monday through Friday, we, we talk we talk Buffalo Bills football all year, not taking a break for the offseason. Mm. Uh, it's a five-day-a-week podcast. So that's that's the spot to hear me talk Bills daily. And then uh, at the Joe Marino on Twitter, obviously, I, I guess my real work is at thedraftnetwork.com. So if you're looking for the written word or my prospect rankings and all the draft work, that's at the Draft Network. Yeah, we, I did a show with Pat Moran last year, and we talked about the grind that is podcasting. And brother, <laughs> you are the king of the grind. Like five days a week, bro. Five days you, a week. You know, Joe, I, I know that you know the Bible. And there's a verse in there, a verse in there that says out of the abundance of heart, the mouth, the mouth speaks. speaks. That's so right. Guess what? You know what I mean? Like I, I, I pinch myself every day that I get to do yeah. this. You know what I mean? So yeah. uh, we get we, two daily podcasts. We do lockdown bills every day and draft dudes, the same thing, except for we cover college football, the NFL at large, the NFL yeah, yeah, draft. Yeah. And so yeah, super yep, good. To, if you want to hear me talk football, there's no shortage of opportunities for that to uh, <laughs> to happen for you. That's awesome. So the, the schedule dropped last week. I did not do any type of a – Spence and I were off last week on Wednesday. Spence was moving. So I have not really talked about the schedule at all. I know a bunch of okay. people have. Uh, I know some people haven't. Uh, how does this schedule present itself to you? Were there any concerns, dare I say, overreactions, surprises <laughs> in the schedule? Man, I, I tell you what, I did. I, so I did the, the Lockdown Bills schedule recap, and I, I had 14 different talking points that we dug into. So I've I've wow. looked at this from every angle, and so I'm prepared wow. to discuss every angle with you. So nice. overreaction surprises, I guess I'll answer that the way I want to because I feel like you've gave me a lot of uh, a lot of leeway for, for that, yeah. that question. I would say the only thing that I don't like about this schedule, ah, I'm going to go with two things. <laughs> Number one, this set up really well for the Miami Dolphins. They bring they bring Buffalo to Miami in September, September nineteenth, yep, week yep, two. Yep. And then they come to Buffalo October thirty first. So they avoid they avoid the late season. Tua and his pop gun arm mm-hmm. in Western New York, and they bring Buffalo there in week two. Well, week two was kind of the Bills in Hard Rock Stadium last year. I'm sure we all yes, remember yes. Josh Allen hooking up with John Brown and doing the air guitar at Hard Rock Stadium. I, I remember that very fondly. Oh, yeah. So I, I would say that's that's my number one gripe. Number two, Joe, if the uh, if the Buffalo Bills go to the Super Bowl this year or they get to the AFC Championship game, it will require them to play a game 14 consecutive weeks unless they get the number one seat, which only one team gets that. Only one team gets a bye because their, their bye week is in week seven. Right. So you have eight through... 18 right and then three playoff games so you're gonna play 14 consecutive weeks straight games yep straight games yeah, yep. it's a lot that's yeah, a lot so, unless yeah unless they get the bye which would give them one week off in between and yeah well look at that chief schedule and show me the losses and <laughs> i mean it's, it feels like unless <laughs> if everyone stays healthy i they're they're just gonna win a lot of football games by by the way i'm also wearing a 26 shirts tee yeah, I saw that, man. Yeah, I don't. So. I don't have that one, but I. I got this one. This one I had to get the Josh Allen. Ignore them. Oh, that was yeah. such a dude. That was like yeah. all the feels. That was tingles when he. Yeah. So the, it was ignored. like a limited edition. Like he had like a very small window to buy it. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I got it done. Yeah, yeah, dude. That's a that's a that's a clutch T-shirt for sure. Um, so what we're gonna do is we're gonna jump right into this thing, and uh, we're gonna break down games by opposing quarterback, right? So we're gonna talk about each game. Yeah. Uh, we're gonna talk about the opposing quarterback. We're talking about major ads and subtractions, and if they have them or don't, field advantage is gonna be big. And if we can, you did not want to commit to no, any type yeah. of a record prediction, but maybe yeah. if I'm not gonna I'm not gonna tally. Maybe no, I'm just kidding. I'm not going to tally. Uh, if we could do a at the end of each game, like a should win, could easily win, most likely win, going to be tough. 
What do you think about that? Yeah, that's fine. And you can you could tell them that I'm a coward, listeners. I'm a coward. <laughs> I told Joe that I wasn't ready to commit to any schedule predictions or game by game, anything like that. So he was he was accommodating enough to not make me do that. That's um, funny. So, that's funny. You know, I have to spend some time in prayer before I unleash my uh game by game predictions. <laughs> well, Judge Mathis is already on record as saying 17 and 0. Yeah, well, Literally. I mean that's on hey, listen, he's the guy that called 40 <laughs> touchdowns for Josh Allen and he blew and it out of the water. So and, and has yet to get a tattoo on his behind. Really? Yeah, he's so that was kind of a soft commit that he had, right? He gave himself some wiggle room out of that. If I'm not, no, he made a bet with Jay Spence that he was going if the if Josh Allen achieved 40 touchdowns that he was going to get a fanny tat JA 17. To which (sighs) we've tried to get him doing Josh Allen hurdling the butt crack called a champ. Oh, how do you not do it? Go all in. That's what you do. (laughs) That's such an easy. He's just getting, do it. He's getting married. I don't oh, know. Man. He, was so, she going to back out if he doesn't? I mean, I don't know. It's supposed to be the smallest font possible, but he is already literally as of about 15 minutes ago, 17 and 0 on my okay. Twitter. You can verify right. it, but yeah, uh, I saw it. I, I saw it. Yeah. <laughs> that's a little, little bold. Uh, if you ask me, but uh, first week, week one, Pittsburgh in Buffalo, big, big Ben, 39 years old. The miles last year clearly were showing. In my opinion, I don't know from an offensive line standpoint, they've even given him any help still. At the time when you should be giving him help, now they didn't do it. Yeah, they got questions all over the offensive line. Uh, Mm. I mean, not that Pouncey was a good player for them last year, but he's gone and retired. Velo Nueva is no longer there at left tackle. I mean, Kevin Dotson showed some life at at guard, so they'll they'll have... They'll have him and the Castro, but I think center and both tackle spots are very much a question mark. You have Ben Roethlisberger, who he limited that offense so much because he just doesn't have the arm talent anymore. He's not the same player. He he was the fastest in the NFL and snapped to release by, by a lot. Mm-hmm. He just gets the ball and throws it. There's sure. no improv. There's no down the field. It is it is literally a pop gun offense. And then you know they have questions in in, in the secondary with Mike Hilton. Uh, no longer with the team. They they said goodbye to Steve Nelson, so they have questions at slot and outside corner. They got questions opposite of T.J. Watt. Bud Dupree's not here anymore. They're counting on Alex Highsmith, a uh, you know, pick out of UNC Charlotte, to be that guy opposite of him. I, I have questions about this football team. I think they overachieved. Right. And, and if Ben Roethlisberger doesn't find the fountain of youth, which I don't think he's going to, <laughs> I think that's going to be a football team that's going to struggle to be a, a you know above average you know win loss record. I love the Najee Harris pick. So I love the draft pick. And and I'm going to be honest, I was not pining. I was pining for Najee Harris. Like as much as everybody was on the ETN train, not everybody, but a lot of people were on the ETN train. I felt like Najee was more the guy that I wanted. Yes, he's probably a bigger, tougher, better vision, find the whole guy than maybe Zach Moss is, but there's definite work there. That guy scares me a little bit. Juju is interesting to me that they just kind of brought him back. Like, I don't know that Juju did them any favors last year. No. Uh, and they're going to play him more outside by reports this year. Think about Najee and, and he was the back that I preferred for the bills at 30. Um, so that's, you know, I, I'm on record as saying that because I thought he was the best in the passing game, right? As right. pass blocker, best route runner, best hands, obviously not as explosive as ETM, but I wanted the guy that affected the passing game the most. My problem with picking Najee Harris is that I have massive questions about your offensive line, your secondary, your quarterback mm. position, and your edge rusher position. Right. So, okay, I like Najee Harris too, but come on, you you have got to address those other positions, and then they bounce back and pick a tight end in the second round. So, again, right. the same concerns 
We've done nothing to address them besides add low positional value spots in a running back and a tight end. I don't think Pittsburgh's being honest about themselves about where they're at mm. as a football team. And here's the thing, Joe. Everything's always been fine in Pittsburgh. Always. Mm. They've had three head coaches. They've never had to really rebuild. They kind of everything's okay. They never really had to strip it down and build it back up. Right. They don't know what to do. They're, they're at a, a, a crossroads in their franchise that they've never been. And I don't think they've been honest about where they are going. They don't, they they're believing that somehow Ben's going to be a better player than he was last year. I, I think that they are they are grasping. Mm, and mm. I think this team, I've said this before, and I'll say it again. If Mike Tomlin's streak of consecutive winning seasons continues this year, it'll be his best coaching job ever because this is the worst roster he's ever had. Yeah, coach of the year. It's funny because they went total luxury pick on that pick with Dungy. Total luxury pick. I, Which I don't they know could how. not afford to do. Right, right. And the Bills went blue collar edge edge and they went total total luxury pick which was which is wild home game uh so pittsburgh is coming to buffalo obviously uh the, the bills beat pittsburgh last year in buffalo in prime time hope it is our hope and prayer at this point in time and it looks like all signs are pointing that sixty-three thousand or whatever the stadium holds yeah. nowadays seventy-three thousand people are going to be packed into highmark stadium i just highmark cannot see stadium. that it still sounds weird i, I I'm, I'm on the fence i'm i'm doing the i'm doing the good thing right now i'm doing yeah <laughs> It's just got to say, I don't care what it's name. It's named. Like I, I know people like lost their mind over the name of the stadium. I don't really care. It's just a matter of that connecting with me that that's where the bills play their football games. You right. know what I mean? Right. It's weird. No, I, yeah, I get it. I totally get it. So, yeah. but for me, the, any, anytime the bills are at home, it's going to put us in a situation uh, with this team, with this, the funny part about it is 13 and three last year, that season that they had. And like the bills mafia still hasn't by and large met this football team and they haven't met bills mafia. Yeah. So knowing what we were when we were awful, I'm old enough to know what we were when we were good in that stadium, but knowing what we were when we were awful, that, that fan base coming back to this stadium and teams coming in to try to play it, you know, there's a lot of conversation about there about Josh Allen trying to adjust to the noise level and making checks at the line and stuff like that. The same is true for teams coming to Buffalo. It's going to be insane. What do you think about that, Joe? Because I get this question a lot and there's a lot of people that believe that Josh Allen's, success last year, or at least some of his success was due to not having fans, right? Like he's a high energy player. He's an emotional player. He feeds off of that. And like, because there wasn't fans in the stadium, not only was it easier for the offense to operate, but he didn't have that extra oomph for that unnecessary, you know, like tightness about him that could show up from time to time. I mean, are you, are you buying this? I think personally for me that the greatest thing that could have happened to Josh Allen's uh, trajectory and his, and his development progression was to have a year where there was no fans in the stands. All that could do for a kid like him that's get, that gets juiced up and like feeds off the fans to have a year where they're not in the building at all and gives him the opportunity to play real games in almost like a not real situation because the real, the fans matter regardless of what anybody thinks. If you don't think the fans matter, go to, our stadium or go to Kansas city or go to Seattle and then go to Indianapolis or Miami. Like the fans matter. It makes a really, really big difference. And what I mean by that is the fans in Indianapolis are pretty much not great. The fans in Miami don't show up. Whereas Kansas city, Seattle, Buffalo, it's insane in our stadiums. So to give him the ability to see the field, to be in the game, I think all it's, do I think it benefited him? Sure. Do I think it's going to make his ceiling even higher? Yes. Because it, it just allowed his trajectory. It almost it almost removed the ceiling from him. Like, oh, I can just climb this ladder right now because I don't have 
other ancillary things that I have to worry about. Does that make sense? It does, but what can you tell me to make me feel better about him sustaining that once fans are reintroduced? In because full it's, it's back of the hand now. Think Literally, so. yeah, back of the hand. I think you're going to see Josh Allen moving into probably, in my in my opinion, and literally just an opinion, you're going to see him moving into more nonverbal communication type stuff where they're a little more on the same page with each other without having to yell, check, 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 and all that kind of stuff, alert, alert, which you heard Josh Allen yell all yeah. the time, alert, alert. Yeah. You know, and, and it, I just think that it's going to put them in a situation where it's going to be more fluid. Home games are going to be home games. It's still going to be quiet. So we've got eight games this year. Is it nine games? Nine, nine. games this year yeah. where it's going to be quiet. And then you've got seven other games, you know, of which Josh Allen owns two of those those buildings. I just, I, I just don't think Jacksonville is going to be too ruckus to go there and play a football game. Uh, Tennessee <laughs> okay. and KC will be pretty, pretty good environments. We'll ever, have you ever heard my story about Kansas City? I've seen, I've seen the Bills play in Kansas City once. Yeah. So this is my story. So Buffalo Bills fans, Bills Mafia, we're only at one, and we're only like already like fifteen minutes in this thing. This might be a four, a four episode. Um, we know how Bills Mafia is. Bills Mafia is a smart fan base. So, you know, the play clock starts, Bill's Mafia starts getting loud, gets louder as, you know, the huddle happens, loud, 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 ball snapped, crowd settles down. And then by third down, it's insane. And God forbid the team goes, tries to go for it on fourth, fourth down, the, the stadium's shaking. Indianapolis, quiet, first down, quiet, second down, third down, the crowd gets kind of loud, and then they're quiet again. Kansas City, loud. The whole time, Just the whole time, the whole like from the time that the the, the team the, the opposing team receives a kickoff, they catch the ball and the offense runs out on the field. The crowd comes up and they're just loud until they punt. It's insane. They're just loud. They're not. Do they louder, know to be quiet? Do they know to be quiet when their team has the ball? Yes, when they're on offense, they're quiet. But there's okay. no ebb and flow. There's no like up and down between like between plays. <laughs> they're just loud until the other team punts the ball. It's it's crazy how loud they're not louder than our fans. They're not louder than Seattle. They're just loud the whole time. Mm. Like they don't stop yelling the whole time. It's like, man, can you guys shut up for five minutes? I'm getting a headache. <laughs> so, no, but uh, but uh, that game to me. I don't want to say a should win could easily win that football game. That's a could easily win game for me. I don't I don't see the Bills having too much of a difficult time. The Bills are six point favorites in that game right now, aren't they? Already? Yeah. It's like the, the the maybe this the most or the second most points a team was favored by in the opening Vegas odds that came out for wow. week one. Yeah. Wow. That's the expectation good. is the Bills win this game by a touchdown. By a touch. Oh, there you go. So it might yeah. be two touchdowns at that point. Week oh. two, you, you already talked about it. Week two at Miami, yeah. uh, the, the two-a-bowl. Um, I'm not as concerned about the Bills going down to Miami. I used to be. So this is the Don Shula days when the Bills would go to Miami early uh, and then Miami would come here early or vice versa. Miami would come here week one or week two so that they didn't have to play in the cold and we would end up down there. That's Don Shula always hated coming to Buffalo in the in the wintertime. Uh, but as far as Tua goes, there's no more. There's no more relief pitcher coming off the bench for Tua. In my opinion, he's still a wild card. Polished, mm -hmm. seemingly needs development. Where are you at on Tua? We'll see. I mean, I, I, I don't right. think we learned anything about Tua last year. To be honest with you, three rookie offensive linemen, Devontae Parker's hurt. Preston, uh, Preston Williams is hurt. Miles Gaskin was hurt. I mean, his there's games where his receivers were like Win Bowden, who they just traded for, Malcolm Perry, who's a converted receiver from Navy, and Jakeem Grant. I mean, what what do you think we really learned about Tua last year in Chan Gailey's offense, which is just horizontal spread? I, I don't think we learned a thing. And so 
it didn't look like a Changeli offense with Tua in it. Did it to you? No, because I think I, if we want to say Changeli's offense based on what we remember about it right. in Buffalo, I mean that was like eight nine years ago. That was a right. while back. So For sure. I think his offense has evolved. Um, but I, I I think with Tua, there's a reason they picked him number five overall. He was an absolute star at Alabama. I think he's an accurate quarterback. I think he can throw on the run. I mean, he's got enough. I do have concerns, but I don't think it's fair to point to everything that happened last year with Tua and say, you know what, this guy can't play. I agree. You know, I, you know I what agree. I mean? Like he's got a pulse, and he's going to be further removed from that hip injury. I don't think his arm was nearly as live last year for Miami as it was for Alabama. Mm. And look at this guy's got stuff around him. I mean, he's got Jalen Waddle now. He's mm-hmm. got Devontae Parker. Will mm-hmm. Fuller is part of this team. Yeah, that was one yeah. of my ads. Yep. You know, Robert Foster's there now. Right. Um, Mike Gusecki's a really good tight end who the Bills struggle with. Yeah, Their offensive much. line is but now played together. You know, like, so there's a lot more around him this year. And so it's an important year for him to show what he can do. Mm-hmm. But I, I I mean, as much as I would would like to point to last year and say, yeah, you know, two is not it. I don't. We don't know. We don't know. And that's not fair. I agree. I agree. I just, uh, he hasn't as of yet passed the eye test and, and, and sure. I watched, I watched yeah. a lot of Tua last year. I have the, I have the Sunday ticket. Even I live in Buffalo and I still have the Sunday ticket. I had it for 13 years in Columbus, Ohio, when I lived there and I still have it. Uh, so when I had the opportunity, I'd watch Tua play because it was the whole good morning football. Two is coming, two is coming. And which, yeah. uh, which annoyed me. It's like, this kid has never played it down yet. Could we wait a, a second? Um, there was just nothing. Allen at least gave me stuff. It was the preseason game. The first preseason game that Allen played, or the, I guess it was it was the third preseason game that Allen played in, or maybe it was the fourth one. I, we were, I was at the game where the Bills came back from behind and Allen threw that dart in the end zone. That was a, like you saw stuff in his rookie yeah. year that was, you were, you knew the kid had. What did you, you see said, from Tua oh, in the preseason? That's, he didn't have a preseason. He didn't have a preseason. That's what I'm saying, man. It, it like, there. I want to sink the Tua ship too, but I don't think we can. <laughs> not time yet. It's not, it's not. <laughs> Don't do it premature. Don't don't because the Bills. We we went through this with Josh. He was not good as a rookie. Like he was no. a chicken with his head cut off. He was you know? a running back. He was a running back. He, he was. He made he was, some fun throws and stuff like that. But he was overall a net negative to the football team. And I had massive concerns. And now he showed a pulse later in the season. But you, there was still a lot to be concerned with coming out of that rookie season. And I'd argue that Tua's rookie season was comparable with Josh's maybe better statistically certainly more efficient he didn't make dynamic plays but he was a more efficient quarterback they were different Tua doesn't have the ability we saw it over and over he doesn't have the clutch factor he doesn't have the I'm going to take the game over now or at least try to take the game you see the game winning touchdown pass to Devonta Smith against Georgia in the national championship game that looked like a pretty clutch moment to me this is where you and I are going to differ because to me, college is not pros. They just It's they not, don't. but he's had those moments. He's been to those yeah. big stages before. He's only played in 10 games in the NFL or whatever he's been to. This is a great conversation. The lights just seem too bright in the NFL at the pro level so far. Did I not give you enough reason to, to like understand and be like, okay, <laughs> this guy had three, uh, three rookie offensive linemen, the worst supporting cast in the league in terms of skill players, didn't have a preseason. <laughs> he's a rookie coming off of a hip injury. Like, there, there, there are reasons for the way he played. I, as much as I'm not, I am less high on Tua than I was as him as a prospect now, right? I've come down on yeah, Tua, gotcha, gotcha. but I cannot sit here today and say, yeah, the, the, the Dolphins got a bust in Tua and nothing's going to matter because he stinks. I'm not ready to call him a bust. That, so please don't misunderstand. I'm not saying that at all. I just, I'm not ready to anoint him yet. He's a no. pro, he, he came to the league supposed to be refined and ready to play. 
And I didn't see that. I saw a skittish player that was For accurate, sure. that was For accurate sure. and didn't necessarily have the power to drive the football and re was reluctant to take over football games. And then you insert 30, whatever year old, 12 yeah. football franchise playing, you know, 17,000 kid Ryan Fitzpatrick wearing a Hawaiian t-shirt, telling him to put the kids to bed. Cause I'm coming home and I want to get lucky. <laughs> like you put him in the game and he looks like a professional football player. Whereas Tua just didn't have that spark, I guess is what I'm saying. I think that's fair, and I but I, I think at the end of the day, it's a it's a we'll see with to it, right? Yeah, we'll see. He's sure. got to prove it. He's got the stuff around him. Now go do it. Yeah, and as Bills fans, we're hoping he fails miserably. Right, I mean, it was a ten win football <laughs> team last year, right? I know that those defense special teams yeah. a lot went in their favor, the Miami Dolphins, but yeah. I mean they've added they've added pieces to this team, and they've had cap space and yeah. had big time draft picks. And I think big Coach time. Flores for two years in a row, Coach Flores overachieved with that Dolphins team. Yeah. Took the worst rock rest roster I've ever seen in 2019 and won five games, including five of the last nine, right? A, a winning record over yeah. the last nine games, 10 and six last year. I mean, they're overachieving, and I think that's good for a team that's where they are in the real rebuild. I know nobody wants to hear good things about the Miami Dolphins, but I'm trying to be real about it. No, you're good. You're doing you're, you're doing good. What happened with Van Noy? We're, we're kind of stuck on the Dolphins, but that's fine because it's a it's an AFC East rival. Why did v Van Noy not work out? One year gone. I don't know that he didn't work out. It's just that the way they structured that contract gave them the opportunity to get out of the deal, and they took but, it. But why? I I don't know. I mean, he was. They he, probably felt like they can get a cheaper player. He was the guy that you put on the parade float and like, yeah, I don't march know. around the city like we got we got Kyle Van Noy, right? I don't I know. Mean, I mean, you can you could point to that thing, right? They they signed Shaq Lawson to a big deal, trade mm -hmm. him away. That move was a flop, obviously, because yeah, they're yeah, only yeah. any one year out of it. Yep, yep. Uh, Eric Flowers, the offensive lineman that they gave the big money to, they pretty much just said, Washington, please take him back. You know, we'll right. take nothing for him. We'll pay half his salary. So, yeah, right. I mean, there's they have not aced every test they've been given for right. sure. Yeah. Right. Yeah, it, I do love Flores as a coach. Uh, it's going to be exciting. It, I'm, I'm really excited to see that rivalry come to life again. Uh, and I'm really another kind of reason that I'm excited to see it is for Reed and Blake Ferguson, like the two of them being, being long <laughs> right, snappers. Right. I'm really excited to to just see kind of like that those two, and they've got their new podcast after the snap. And I'm really excited about that. It's really good. Um, so yeah, but uh, where are you at on uh, as far as uh, should win, could easily win, most likely will win, going to be tough. The Bills have won seven of the last eight against Miami. The only one being when Josh Allen left that that throw to Charles Clay just a mm. little bit short. Wide dropped. open in the end zone. He so, dropped that pass. Don't say it was short. He dropped it. I was a little short. <laughs> it was a little short. <laughs> <laughs> uh, so yeah, the Bills have had Miami's number, right? And so I, I don't know that there's been enough that has happened for Miami to make up that ground yet. Not in week two. Uh, it's hard to just assume that the Bills are going to continue to roll them. But I mean, let's face it, like they put on 56 points on that team last year. There's going to be some pissed offness from the Dolphins, right? Like we, they, the Bills you straight hope. up spoiled their season last year. You hope. Just they, they, poured it on them. 56 they, points in a game the Bills did not have to win. They showed and no the Dolphins of, did. They showed no sign of life in that game. They were they were headed for the bus early in that football game. Right. So you hope. Chris Janke says in regards to Van Noy, uh, I've read that the Dolphins were trying to get more athletic at linebacker. Thoughts? Of, have you heard anything about that? I mean, I think Van Noy is more of a hybrid edge defender for them, and they still have Baker and uh, Bernardrick McKinney there in the second level they traded for. So I don't – Van Noy is a good athlete for us for that type of role that they have is that 3-4 stand-up backer that rushes half the time. I mean – Right, right. We'll see. 
I think it's. I think it's a. I, I don't want to say it's an easy. Right. So I'm. I'm, I'm backing myself. It's a road up. game in in Miami, a division game. It's not. I. I would. I, I think easy. the Bills will be favored, but it, I'm not sitting here claiming a win right now. It's most likely will win for me. Yeah. Like, for me, that's a game that they they most they should they should win that football game. But it's it's probably has measures of going to yeah. be toughness. Well, to here's win. the other thing about Miami. Um, man, I think they got a lot smarter in their secondary. They brought in McCourty. And they mm. signed Javon, or they drafted Javon Holland, or out of Oregon. Good defensive back, could play all over the place. And they said goodbye to Bobby McCain. If you watch a lot of those big throws that Josh Allen has hit against mm-hmm. the Miami Dolphins, mm-hmm. a lot of times it's because Bobby McCain was a clown in coverage and just like bit on a fake or drove too hard on a route and just vacated space that he was responsible for. So they have made moves this off season to counter the bills right there. The, the target is on Buffalo for Miami. It's funny. So they got smarter in the secondary for all and the then, East. Well, yeah, of course. And yeah. so Miami, they, they added speed right in fuller and waddle. I mean, and that's designed to take advantage of a, a speed deficient bill. Secondary. Very much. are going to so. cause some spacing issues here. Can Tua be the trigger man for this offense? We'll see. Yeah, and can uh, Rousseau and uh, Boogie Basham get to him? So, week yep. three, Washington come. The Washington football come. Uh, football team comes to Buffalo. New look. Is Fitzy the only quarterback on this football team? Well, they got Tyler Heineke and Kyle Allen, but he's going to be the starter. I, yeah. I like Washington to win the East. Really? With oh, Fitzy? absolutely. With yes. Fitzy? Yeah. That's a good roster. They got some nice weapons. That Their front seven's probably the best in football. They yeah, added for sure. two good quarterbacks, William Jackson and Kyle Fuller. Right, right, right. This team's got everything, man. They got everything. Everything but a quarterback. Luckily, quarterback Fitz, is not a though. Luckily, yeah. win is not a quarterback stat. <laughs> Right. Of course know. it's not, right? Let me tell you, can I tell you a statistic about Ron Rivera that uh, that I don't think we talk about enough? Yeah. Ron right Rivera has been a head coach in the NFL for 10 seasons, right? Mm-hmm. How many times do you think he's had a winning record? I'm going to guess 8. 3. That's it. That's it. Ron Rivera has been an NFL head coach 10 seasons. He's only had a winning record in 3 of them. He's a quality head coach too. He gets a lot of praise. He does because he's a great leader. He's revered. I I live in Charlotte. People right. love Ron Rivera. I was Still. at a uh, Charlotte Charlotte Hornets game, mm-hmm. and there were there were several players that were at the game. You ever been to these games? They'll put the the athletes on the big screen, and everyone goes crazy. Yep. So yep. it was at this game was Julius Peppers, Luke Keekley, Cam Newton, and Ron Rivera. Ron Rivera got the loudest applause out of all of them. It was not <laughs> close. He is revered in Charlotte. He's a good man. He's a really good man. Yeah, very much so. But his football teams are not always good. <laughs> he won the division. So here's something fun about that. In two of those seven losing seasons out of the 10, he's been an NFL head coach. He's won the division at seven and nine. Right. I remember. Yes, I remember that. He's done it twice, Joe. It's only been done like three times ever and twice <laughs> by Ron Rivera. Two of them are him. Unreal, man. Like I. Unreal. He's he's so fascinating and he, he's he's revered. He's a great leader, but man, I'm not sure the results have always always been there. I think he's like the two time AP Coach of the Year too. I mean, this guy's unbelievable for what he's been able to achieve with three winning seasons out of ten tries. Think, what is the reason that you have them over? And that we're off the subject of the Bills, but what do, what is yeah. the reason that you have them over winning the winning the NFC East over the Cowboys? Now, is that a Mike Dallas. McCarthy? Oh, their defense is bad. I mean, bad. Their, their defense is terrible bad. And they invested all these draft picks to try to improve it. And I, I'm a draft guy, so I've, I think I've earned the right to talk about these draft oh, picks. Yeah. Oh, yeah. I don't think they helped them at all. At I all? Mean, like, 
I mean, they got some young depth pieces, but I don't look at uh, these investments that they made and feel like they got better where they needed to. I mean, they're counting on a lot of they're counting on a lot of young talent. They're counting on Dan Quinn to come in and change this thing around. I I fell for the Cowboys the last two years, mm. and I think this is the worst roster they've had in the last three years. I'm not falling for him. I'm not falling for him. I just. Uh... I like Dak. I hate to say it because a lot of people don't like Dak. I like Dak. So I like Dak a ton. How good was that team with Dak as a quarterback last year? I think they were like one and four. They weren't great, but he was making plays happen, which comes back to the whole you know wins and losses on a quarterback stat. I mean, you know, he he played his he played his guts out right up at the time that he's dis- dislocated. That defense, his ankle, so. that defense is bad, 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 bad. Gotcha. him. So Washington, I didn't have a bunch of major ads or subtractions. Um, you you mentioned some, I think some draft picks that they had. They've got the Bills at home, or the Bills have them at home. Where are you at on this one? I think the Bills, I think this is, they should win this football game. Yeah, they're at home. I think the Bills should win every game at home. Um, Agreed. I would, I don't know. I mean, it's, this isn't a gimme. I think it's tough in a lot of ways. That front seven is probably the best in football. Like I said, they got two good corners now, Kyle Fuller, William Jackson. Right. It gives me some nervousness, but Joe, I'm nervous about every game. I don't know. I mean, you've listened to my show enough. I, I'm talking about the Jets and they're one in 15. And I'm like, you know what? They got some of these players and they can do these things. So I, I, I'm, you know, I do have that about me, but uh, I think the Bills should win it. A little bit of pause, though. When are you going to get over the nervousness? I, I relate. I relate. So I relate. Never. And I mentioned this more in 2019 on my show than I, than I did in 2020 because 2020 was just wildest dreams land. 2019, every time Josh Allen dropped back to pass, I was nervous. Yeah, because you live and die with every throw. You do. Was, with a rookie was, quarterback or young quarterback on your team, you live and die with every it throw. Was the whole, it was the whole completion percentage narrative. Yeah. And last year, 2020, by week four, it was Good. gone. It was yeah. gone. I was like, I'm not like, I knew for a fact. And then if, if by some chance he dropped back to pass and was in shotgun and just stopped bouncing, I was like, oh, he's got you now. Like the moments where he did it the first yeah. time ever in that Thanksgiving game against the Cowboys. And even the broadcasters are like, well, that's different because he just stopped and then chucked the ball for completion. Yep. Like yep. he's just, uh, so you've got to get, you've got to get, we're, we're at the it's point. It's not PTSD. Joe. It's not, it's, no. it's, I think it's, I think for me, it's more, I, I know, I feel like I know these teams very intimately. I spent a lot of time looking into them and studying these teams. And I, I, I have, I think I'm a, I'm a generally a, an optimistic person in that I see the good in these football teams and I know what they're capable of. And so I feel, and I know that I know that football is a weird game. It's, it's a oval shaped ball and, and there's weird things can happen, right? Literally games of inches. You watch, go watch Josh Allen's highlight reel. How many mm. times was that football just buzzing by fingertips? Oh, you know yeah. I mean, the, it's the margins are so small. Oh yeah. And so that, what's the Fred Warner throw? The, 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 ball, the, the one that we see all the time, the ball he throws over Fred yeah. Warner. When, when he let that ball go, he was like, oh, no. <laughs> like, please make it. <laughs> and it did, which was an incredible uh, incredible throw. So they're calling you out. So just so everybody knows that, yes, Joe Marino yeah. is in Carolina, but this is new. He just moved to Carolina. No, it's not true. I moved in 1996. I was part of the package with Bill Polian, Cornelius Bennett, Frank Reich, <laughs> Pete Metzlars and me, we came from the same year. That's what started the Carolina Buffalo connection, right? And then it comes full circle down the road. But yeah, I'm I part of the original Buffalo to Carolina. How long have you been, been in Carolina? I thought you just moved to Carolina. No, oh, 96, man. I've oh, lived I here just... for, I lived in Buffalo or Western New York uh, till I was 11 and been in Charlotte for 20. Oh, geez. For 
for some, some reason, I thought you just left Cleveland no. or, or Ohio. I thought you were just no. in Ohio. Gotcha, gotcha, no, gotcha. I've never been to Ohio, actually. Oh, well, you ain't, you ain't, I've been living there for 13 years. I love Columbus, but you're not missing a whole lot. Yeah. So, but uh, it's actually very similar to Carolina. It's not much different as far as Wait, that goes. Wait, you're saying Ohio is similar to Carolina? Columbus is a beautiful city. It's a newer city. So it's not okay. an old city like Cleveland, like Buffalo. Like it's got more of a newer feel like, like okay. Charlotte. So, like does. Charlotte. Yeah, I hear yeah, you. Okay. Yeah, it's got you been a lot to Charlotte? Of, Yes, many times. A lot of wealth. Really? Uh, yeah, a lot of money there as far as that goes. And Columbus is that way. I mean, Les Wexter is, is in Columbus, and he's a bazillionaire. You're a well-traveled human being. I, that's what I've gathered from you. So the story is, the true story is, I went to 13 different schools and 13 years of schooling. I went to three different colleges. Yeah, I've been all over the place. So the time wow. that I was in Columbus was the longest time I was in one home my entire life. I went to... Where are you moving next? Uh, hopefully nowhere. So You're good. You like... You like uh, we were, we're home. Live. Yeah, we're yeah. we're in Hamburg, so we're okay. home. So the hope is is that this radio station thing happens and oh, we get okay. to stay here forever. <laughs> nice. All right. <laughs> Otherwise, transition might be in the wind. You know, you okay. never know. So, Fair but uh, but yeah, uh, week four, Houston, uh, which is a game that uh, you're interested in, which is good. The QB That's situation, a good chance. The QB situation way up in the air. Yeah. Is this Tyrod's team? Like, where is this? Where's the? Yeah, QB? it's Tyrod's team, but I think they're going to want to get Davis Mills, their draft pick. Uh, some reps. I, I wish I knew how to shut off this thing. I'm so sorry. I'm sure you keep hearing this go off. My, I'm getting a million text messages. I don't know how to shut it off on my computer. If I did, I would, I would do it. Uh, <laughs> Ding. It's, it's, it's absolutely unbelievable. It's super um, faint. It's super faint. What were we talking about? Uh, Houston. Yeah, I think they're going to want to play Davis Mills. And here's the thing. Maybe they will. They play Thursday night football against Carolina in week three. So they have that first extended, you know, time between games do you put do you put davis mills against buffalo on the road mm. uh, i don't know it's the nfl like if you try to find the perfect opportunity it's not going to come because eventually they're going to have a tough test but i feel like they do want to play him but um you know if they're zero three and they they get beat by carolina they might think about it it's interesting to me because as, as I go through, even as you say that, do you want to put him, you know, Davis Mills against Buffalo on the road? Immediately, immediately, my mind goes to all the times we've heard in the last couple of years about young quarter, quarterbacks going against a McDermott or a Bills defense. And McDermott has done, Frazier has pretty much tied them in a knot, whether yeah. it's Drew Locke or whoever it is, uh, he's tied them in a knot pretty good. I would say, no, they don't. I just don't. It's weird to me the news we're not getting in regards to, you know, Deshaun Watson. Yeah. That, that a move has not been made. Obviously, there's a there's some civil lawsuits and some litigation. I don't know what's going on there, but he said, I'm not going back to Houston ever. Isn't that pretty much what he said? Very much what Aaron Rodgers has said, but it's fallen off the it's fallen off the map and off the radar completely. Like they're not even talking about it. Yeah, it's 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 awkwardly quiet, especially with how right. much noise there was early in the process. I don't think he's gonna play for Houston again. I think he'll well, play for somebody. Well, we were oh for sure, but we were expecting yeah. a draft, we were expecting a draft day trade. A day one trade. Were we not? I I have been waiting for up until the point where all the legal stuff came out. I was literally hour by hour waiting for the trade to happen. Right. Right. Yeah. Agreed. And so it's yeah. it's interesting that but so it'll be Tyron is that Tyron is that quarterback that it's hard <laughs> to, it's hard to find a Bills Mafia member that doesn't love Tyrod. We all love him. It's just love like, that's that feels strong. Love. There's no hate there. Respect. I think there's a lot of respect for Tyrod. I don't. I don't think we love him as much as we love Fitz. But in both of those situations, it was, you're just not good for me. I love you. You're just not good for me. Like it's don't just, go. Don't go away. Maximize it. You go yeah, as far as you can with Tyrod. 
Right. Don't got go it. away mad, girl. Just go away. We've got great memories. So at the same time, I don't want to play him. Like I don't, I don't want to be in a situation where he could really come into Ralph Wilson. That Houston uh, teams, it's the worst team in football. Houston. Worst team in football, but I don't want to see a Travis Henry situation with the Titans where he rolls into Buffalo and then like has the game of his life, and the Bills can't stop him. I'm not saying it's going to happen. You think but, if, Ty, if Tyrod was going to find that extra oomph, there was like a billion times in his life he was going to find it. He found it on he's our a risk averse quarterback, man. He, like when he runs, he's not. When he throws, he is. I would agree. Dude, he has a magical plays. The, the most obvious win on the schedule to me is Houston week four at home. I would agree. I would, and the reason How I would agree. How are you more is, nervous about this game than I am? Uh, there's just something about those, you know, about those uh, revenge games. I'm just not a big fan of revenge games. And the Bills, you know, at this point in time could potentially be 3-0 and coming into week four of the season, right? Tyrod's, <laughs> Tyrod's coming in. <laughs> you know, Tyrod's got it in his, I'm just, the bills don't play as much as they've got a running quarterback or a, an athletic quarterback that can run the ball when he wants to, as their main quarterback, they traditionally haven't played running quarterbacks. Well, obviously the linebackers overcommit all day long. We have a, we don't tackle well in the secondary outside of Levi Wallace. We don't tackle well in the secondary. Sometimes it just, it's just, to me, it's a recipe for concern. I'm not saying disaster. It's a re- recipe for a little bit of. You didn't even mention the look-ahead game to Kansas City. And the look-ahead game to Kansas City, which I don't even think they should. I, in my opinion, they should just be like, you know, we're not going to show up. <laughs> this, When I talked about overreactions and surprises to the schedule, this was the biggest BS move to me in the schedule. The fact that the Bills are going back to Kansas City again. Same thing with Tennessee. Why are the Bills playing Tennessee it's, it's on the road every year? Yeah, What's that? I mean, it's just the way the rotations fall. Like it's, I, it's not on purpose. Two years in a row, back-to-back? Yeah, it's like you could look right now and you can know exactly who you play and when. Like it's just the way it fell. It's not on purpose. We've gotten the Titans on the road three times in a row, haven't we? This will be the third Correct, time in a row. But it's it's pure it's pure chance. It's not it's not intentional. Like right now, you can you can literally go look and in four years the Bills play these opponents at these destinations. For sure. It, I I know that. Yes, correct. Yeah. So it's not it's not a NFL decision. It's this, these decisions were made by the results of the schedule. So the, the big getting back on point, the biggest, the biggest notable add to this football team, clearly in my opinion is a head coach. That's not named bill O'Brien biggest loss. Will Fuller. Yeah. You were not assuming Deshaun Watson there. Did you say him as an exclusion? I did not say I only because it's not, it hasn't happened. I didn't, I did not put mm. it in there. Cause it, I mean, there's always the, we're not going to trade you. Well, I'm not going to play. Well, we're not yeah. going to trade you. Well, I'm not going to play. And they don't trade him. And then week four, he shows up. Maybe JJ Watt deserves a mention here. Oh yeah. That's a good point. Yeah. I didn't even think um, about JJ. JJ being gone. Yeah. And they signed, I think over 30 unrestricted free agents. <laughs> <laughs> Anybody that had a pulse and has played in the NFL, they signed. Uh, it's going to be a bad team, man. Yeah, so 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 you're looking to come to Buffalo for an for an automatic W. Well, here's here's the, here's the real story. <laughs> all right, let's get my it. wife and I are coming up, and it's most likely going to be for this Houston game. We can't wait to meet all kinds of members of Bills Mafia. Let's go. So our our choices were Pittsburgh, Washington, and Houston. We want to go early in the season. Mm-hmm. Pittsburgh, we figured it's the opener. We'd love to be there, but I mean that's just going to be very much a, a hard to get ticket, et cetera, et cetera. Washington, we are going to 
a Garth Brooks concert on September 25th here in Charlotte. So we were not trying to parlay that into, you know, travel to Buffalo. Right, right. So then the next logical opportunity was Houston. Right. Then Bills don't play at home until Halloween. My wife said no. She wants to be home with our daughter for Halloween. And that puts us into late November. And brother, too cold for this guy. (laughs) For you? You know, I thought you were worried about your wife. No, my wife, my wife wants to go to a snow game in December. Oh, that's it. I said, I told her on the show, get your wife on the show. (laughs) She does not want that. She doesn't know. She, she looks at snow and thinks it's beautiful. And she likes like the once every two years we get a dusting here. Right. She does not want to sit in high. What is a Highmark stadium in December with pounding snow and wind. And it's, it's miserable. You're yes or no. If it's pounding wind and snow and we're crushing whoever we're playing, I was at the Ricky Williams game where he scored two touchdowns, like two runs, two Could touchdowns. Could not stop two, him that game. Right, two 50-yard touchdowns. Yeah. I was at the game in like commercial break, and all of a sudden the snow, it wasn't going down. It was coming up vertically over the opposite wall. And my, I was sitting next to my little brother, Corey, and I was like, are you watching this? And then, yeah, we cut back from commercial, and the field was covered in snow. It took us, I live in Hamburg, which is right next to Orchard Park. Normally the commute home for me after a game is 15 minutes, 20 minutes. I'm in, and I'm on my couch three hours. It took us three hours to get home that night. That there was, you were not cold. You were cold for the first quarter. And then when that snow came, we were all, all kinds of warm, like all all kinds warm. (laughs) If they're losing, it's cold. If they're winning, it's warm. Well, and I, she is a Panthers fan. I'm working on that. All right. We're working on the conversion. I'm like, okay. we're, not, we're not going to the Carolina game. Pretty, we're not going to go to the one game where you would want the opposition to win. Pretty soon, all of those th- those players are going to be in Buffalo anyway. <laughs> right. <laughs> right. Get, them, get them trained up for us, right? Oh, <laughs> uh, Ladies and gentlemen, you're listening to the Overreaction Sports Podcast on the Buffalo Rumblings Podcast Network. I'm here with my host, or my guest, rather. I'm the host, Joe Miller. I'm here with my <laughs> guest, Joe Marino. I'm getting a little t- tongue-tied. Uh, we are talking about the schedule, and we're having a little bit of fun. Uh, so that is, uh, I'm guessing you are absolutely in the, uh, should win category for yes. Houston. Easy. You called it the yes. easiest, easiest game. First, easiest game. First, definite win on the schedule for sure. Week five, October, Kansas city. And Chris Jenke, uh, corrected me. The bills did play Kansas city in Buffalo last year, which is true. I just didn't like that. We were going to kids. I'm just, there's certain teams for me being an older bills fan, the older bills fans that are watching and listening to this later will remember the bills, even in the heyday always had trouble against Kansas city and always had trouble against Pittsburgh. And it was always in Kansas city and always in Pittsburgh. I've loathed both of those football teams since I was a little kid because the bills just always had a difficult time playing, but that's where I'm at. So Kansas city Mahomes is clearly the best quarterback in the league. You're going to give the notch to Pat Mahomes. This is probably the first game where you're giving the notch to the quarter, the opposing team's quarterback versus Josh Allen. Uh, they let some capital go on the offensive line, which is interesting, but they replaced it with some capital on the offensive yeah. line. Were you really? as surprised as I was by that left tackle trade from Baltimore? A little bit surprised. I was surprised that Brian Gain, their their head their head coach, their general manager, not Brian Gain, uh, that was a, a Brett Leach, mm-hmm. uh, Veach was their, their GM, excuse me. I was surprised that he was able to tear down this offensive line and build it back up so formidably. You know, I right. thought that they were going to really gamble with what they had in front of Patrick Mahomes. And I know that they have a lot of new pieces that they're going to have to put together, but they've got a lot of really good options. So I, I sure, thought sure, they sure. they reassembled it very, very well. I think his skilled players are pretty much the same. Sammy Watkins is gone. 
probably a bigger role for Demarcus Robinson this coming year Has defensively. Uh, Robinson's back. Yeah. No, no, no. Hawkins is on the Ravens. Yeah. So the Ravens got you. Yeah. They're, they're secondary. They said goodbye to Brashad Breeland. They just traded for Mike Hughes. Um, I think they're going to be, they're going to be the same in a lot of ways, which is a good thing, right? It's not a bad thing if it'd be the same year that you're for sure. Yeah. It's not this. I'm not going to be the guy that, that predicts the bills to be Kansas city until they prove they can do it. Yeah. And here's the problem, Joe, the problem with playing Kansas city, if you're the bills, is are the only opponent in the NFL where you have to reinvent the way you play football because your script doesn't work against Kansas City. Right. When you when you play Kansas City, it's not about going out there and saying, all right, toe-to-toe with Mahomes, first one to 55 wins, and how you beat them. Mm-hmm. You have to play the type of clock control game. You have to be willing to take profits in terms of what the defense gets you. you know, if they're going to give you the flats, take the flats and rely on yards after catch. The Bills have not proven themselves willing to adopt a different style of play to go up against Kansas City, and that's why they weren't competitive in two games last year. So I don't feel good about this game until the Bills show that willingness to play a different style of football when they go against Kansas City. Well, that, that's the question. Did the Bills come? What What if the Bills came out and un- uncorked it? You know what? We're going to try to stop you on defense, which clearly we drafted edge edge one and two, and the hope is, is yeah. that that they're going to they're going to get home. They're not going to get a pressure. They're going to get home and move him off his off of his mark at least enough to to distract him. But what if they they're like? We're not going to try to run the ball and let you run the ball. We're going to uncork this thing, and we're going to go toe-to-toe or shot-for-shot, throw-for-throw. Our horses versus your horses, this could be 65-60 to and see who comes out the other side. I think we saw that in the playoffs. I think that's what the Bills said. They said, Josh Allen, we think that you're a top-three quarterback in the NFL. Go win us the game. And Mm. it it was – too much, and that's mm. that's okay. That doesn't that's not a shot at Josh Allen. It's just no. It's, it's a that's a big ask. I mean, the Bills are up. They were up in that game. They're up ten nothing. And the, 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 nine the, the bear, was the it nine? Nine. nine the dreaded yeah. the dreaded missed field. Uh, missed, 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 missed the extra point. Yeah. It, it, it woke the sleeping giant. All of a sudden, they're up. They're up by two scores, and it's like, oh god, you know, like it's 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 a tough ask. Um. I'm not saying the Bills can't do it. I think they're going to have to ad- adopt a different style of play. When I watch, I know that football is all about matchups. I know that it's not about like this team beat that team, so this team should beat this team. I know it's about matchups. But when I watch that Kansas City football game, the AFC Championship game, that was not the that was not the Buffalo Bills team we saw all year, in my opinion. It just wasn't. So as much as yes, I think the game plan was Josh Allen, go get it. We believe in you. We trust you. Go beat him. I don't think the rest of the team was ready. I don't think they were prepared. Oh, yeah. Well, defensively, certainly. I mean, Patrick Mahomes toyed with the Bills' defense, and I think a lot of that is a lack of pressure and a lack of ability to take away the second play from Mahomes right? and bottle him up. And he, I mean, Patrick Mahomes moved Bills' defenders out of their zones with his eyes and threw it behind them all All game long. Yeah. So... It was interesting to see, and I've talked about it a lot, see particularly Edmonds on Kelsey get baited into those eye movements by Mahomes. Then Mahomes over would just and over straight and over. come come straight back to Kelsey. And it was like, yeah. how many times are you going to do this? But yeah. So I would say that that is definitely a going to be tough. Week six, Ryan Tannehill. Uh, to what do you ascribe his development? Is it literally the Adam Gase effect, or is he just finally growing into his own? It's part of that. You know, Adam Gase and his offense really neuters quarterbacks in a lot of ways if you're not Peyton Manning. Um, but I think he's in the right spot. I mean, Ryan Tannehill is in a position where he can take advantage of a ton of play action, rely on that Derrick Henry power run game, 
and then just hit the play action passes. And, and mm-hmm. he's had good receivers and, and targets, whether that's tight ends or AJ Brown or Corey Davis to distribute the football. Now this year it's going to be a little bit tricky because oh, yeah. that's a remade wide receiver core. AJ Brown's back, but Adam Humphreys is gone. John Smith is gone. Yep. Corey, Corey Davis, Davis is, gone. is gone. I mean, Josh Reynolds, they brought in. I don't, I don't think that's a, that's not, that's not good. <laughs> no. And then defensively that team was bad last year and they, they signed Bud Dupree coming off of the injury. Yep. They yep. reworked their cornerback room. I mean, this is a lot of new pieces for this team. They said goodbye to Kenny Vaccaro. Uh, I did some math on this. Uh, the team that went to the AFC championship game in 2019, 11 of those 22 starters are no longer on the team and both their coordinators are gone. Dean Pease and Arthur Smith. Mm-hmm. It's a team. And this is, this is a good example of something to learn from. This is a team that got to that point and didn't make the right moves to sustain it and take right. it over the hump. Right, right, right. So John Robinson, they, I think they went nine and seven, nine and seven, nine and seven AFC championship game. They were in the playoffs last year. They're a good team. Just not the, the continuity is bad right now. Right, right. No, of all the teams that were playing, this is the team that lost the most. John Smith, oh, Corey Davis, Dory Jackson, Malcolm Butler, Desmond King. Like they lost a lot, and they did not replace those players. Which several of those players I just named are are very good football players, and are guys John Smith, guys that I'm afraid of, and unfortunately we're not going to have to face yeah. twice a year for the next three, three or four years. Unfortunately. Yeah. It's always tough to play in Tennessee. I don't know. Even yeah. with maf- the mafia taking over that stadium, it doesn't strike me as an easy football game. Uh, it is, man, it, it, that's an easy drive for you if you want to go back-to-back weeks to Bill's yeah, game yeah, if your yeah. wife's up for it. Um, yeah, and it's Nashville. I, I'm always looking for a reason to go to Nashville. Dude, Nashville's great. Um, yeah, it's like an eight-hour drive. It's not that close, but it's, it's not, not that far either. It's not crazy. It's not crazy. Yeah. Yeah. Um, it's a game that makes makes me nervous a little bit. Um, I would have liked to play Tennessee last year under normal circumstances, not right. with you know like backs against the wall. The NFL, every everyone against Tennessee, right? They they definitely embrace that. It's not even that. It's the I don't want to cut you off. I mean, it's don't get me started on overreacting. The the NFL said if they have one more positive case, we're going to postpone the game. They had another positive case, and it was game on. Yeah, I don't even know what it, when you think of how overprepared NFL front offices and football teams generally are. If the NFL says to you, if they have one more positive case, we're going to push that game like way out. And then you hear they have a positive case. Where does your mind go immediately? You're, yeah, you're probably not dialed in like you you need to be playing on was like a Tuesday afternoon or something. Right, like yeah, that. it doesn't go to five o'clock on Tuesday. That's not where yeah. your your mind goes. Your mind is like, right. oh, Kansas City, here we come. What yeah, a, what a, the Bills lost three games last year. That was two of them. Kansas City, yep. Tennessee, back to back. Same scenario. Got the same two game teams back to back. Yep. That, yeah. Right. It's super weird. So that that it actually happened. So that to me is a. It's not. It's not a. It's gonna. It's. I don't think gonna be a tough game. I don't. Sustainability for me is. Have they apexed to your point? To me, has has Tennessee reached the apex and they were who they were, and it's they're they're falling to the earth. Yeah, I, I think that's fair. They're, them and Indianapolis are probably the two toughest teams in the AFC for me to really get a good vibe for because of all the new variables this year. Um, I, I You can convince me that Tennessee wins the AFC South. You can convince me that Tennessee doesn't make the playoffs. Right, right. That's actually, I mean, that's the range that I'm at with Tennessee right now. I'm really, we're way ahead. Way ahead. I'm, it's a couple games ahead. I'm really, I'm loving the Carson Wentz of the Colts. 
loving the Carson Wentz the Colts. But I mean, I don't know. You're laughing. I don't know. We'll, we'll get there. Maybe not yeah. tonight, uh, but we'll get there. But I just, to me, Frank Reich and Carson Wentz together, there's just, I think there could be a synergy there and there could be a rebirth for Carson Wentz, but I guess we'll see. So has that ship sailed for you, Carson Wentz? No, it, I don't think it should because he's proven he can play quarterback at a high level. You know, the problem is he played at such a low level last year. I mean, bad. Carson Wentz was was historically bad. So was bad. bouncing back is, is going to be difficult. And I know that there's a lot of reasons for the way he played. And I mean, that organization is a complete shambles. Oh, and sure. his supporting cast was a disaster. And if there's anywhere that he can refine himself, it's in Indianapolis. But it's one of those games where you, you kind of say, well, I, I all right. Well, I want to see it first. You know, I'm not going to predict that Carson Wentz is again an MVP candidate. He's right. got to go prove it. And I wish this game was earlier in the season. You know, instead of week 11, they'll have 10 games under their belt right. at that point to find themselves. They'll be, right. you know, learning who they are as a team. But and that's a well coached team on defense, too. You know, it's not like they have a bunch of stars. I know Darius Leonard, DeForest Buckner, those are exceptional players. But for the most part, like from a talent perspective, I'm not overly wowed by what. Indianapolis has on defense, but they're so well coached. Right. Um, they're a good team. Yeah, yeah, for sure. So we got but their uh, weapons don't scare me. I mean, we, Michael Pittman and T.Y. Hilton, is that keeping anyone up at night? I mean, I know they have a good running game in John Taylor, but yeah, we'll we'll get back to that. So because yeah. that's a that's a that's a couple games away. But uh so we got a bye week, early bye week, and then Miami at home. Uh to me, this is a W. I don't know that we need to rehash two and all that stuff no, again. Yeah, we'll, off we'll the see. bye and everything, home. Yeah, for sure. Dub. Yeah. Dub. <laughs> Mark it up. I'm not willing to go on record for a re like record prediction, but give me a dub. Weeks week eight, Miami and Buffalo. That's so funny. Ladies and gentlemen, you are listening to the Overreaction Sports Podcast on the Buffalo Rumblings Podcast Network brought to you by the Market Dominator. My name is Joe Miller. I'm the host, and I'm here with my guest, Joe Marino from the uh, the lot, the draft network and the locked on bills podcast. And we're having a little bit of fun talking about the schedule, which is uh, always a good time. Um, so we got one more game we're going to talk about, and we're going to have to go to an episode two, cause we're well into an hour, like over an hour into this thing. I got an hour six. Uh, so we'll do if, if, if it can't be, are you good next week or do you want to do it the week after? Or I think I'm good. I don't All right. Well, that's a, that's a soft, <laughs> that's a soft, make soft, it hard. Yes, let me I gotta talk to the wife, it, you know, so. make it hard commitment. So we'll do a, we'll do an episode two. So let's talk about this Jacksonville game week eight, and then we'll get the last nine through 18. How weird is that? Right. 18 weeks, 17 games. I just, I'm not looking forward to the bills were 10 and seven last year or 11 and six. I've spent my whole entire life with 16 games. It's just, I love the extra game. It's just super, super weird. So Jacksonville, are you into the Trevor Lawrence hype? That is the question. And is there anybody behind him if it's not time? No, it's it's time for Trevor Lawrence. Time now, for Trevor. Right now. Um, I like their roster makeup. I think they've come a long way. I don't look at it and say they're overly deficient in any area. I think they have a reasonable player in every spot. And there, there's some areas that I really like for their team. The question is, you have an organization in the Jacksonville Jaguars that has never there's nothing they can point to in their history as a team of developing a quarterback that they drafted. They, mm -hmm. They've they've flubbed time after time after time. Urban Meyer has never coached in the NFL, much less been part of coaching a franchise quarterback in the NFL, much less the number one overall pick. There are high expectations for Trevor high. Lawrence. He is very, very talented. He's met every moment in his football career to this point. If yep. there's somebody that can buck the trend of what's happened with Jaguars quarterbacks, it's him. He's still got to go out and do it. 
Yeah, for and sure. He's, you know, there's, there's a lot of unknowns with this team. I feel pretty comfortable in this game for the bills on the road. I'm glad it's one of their three Florida trips and it's, you know, November, you know, November 7th. That doesn't seem like it'll be terribly hot. Um, and it's a manageable opponent, but I don't think, I don't think the Jaguars are, are, are a, a joke with what they've been able to add this off season. I think they're probably in the top three or four teams in terms of the way I viewed them at the end of 2020 to the way I view them right now. It's changed very, very favorably. I don't, I don't expect them to be a team that competes for a winning record this year, but I don't think they're a joke. Why does I don't, I don't know how to, so I am not admittedly, admittedly, uh, a huge college football fan. I was in, I grew up in Buffalo. Worst thing about you. <laughs> Spent most of my life in Buffalo. Spent a lot of time in Florida. Uh, went to high school in Florida. So a little bit of middle school, high school in Florida. Um, what was somewhat connected to Florida state from my best friend when I was in Florida, who's his dad went to FSU. So I kind of was that Bobby Bowden. I, I wasn't a huge FSU fan, but I was like, Oh, if I'm going to pick a team, whatever. But I, I still never really got into it. I'm a big Urban Meyer fan, and it's not because I spent 13 years in Columbus and was there uh, for the majority of the time that he was there. I, I love his book Above the Line. There's a pedigree there, and the man is a leader. And for me, there's a great deal of what McDermott preaches and Brandon Bean preaches that comes from that Urban Meyer tree. And I'm not saying he's from the Urban Meyer tree, but I promise you McDermott has read Urban Meyer's book Above the Line. Why is there this feeling inside of NFL circles that like this guy's going to – this is the second coming of uh, Steve Spurrier. This is not the second coming of Steve Spurrier. To me, Urban Meyer, if there's a, a if there's a college coach that has the ability to win because he builds his franchises, he builds his organizations based on leadership and expectations, it's this guy. Why do you think that there's this big panning of Urban Meyer? Urban Meyer's been a little bit fickle to me. I agree. Yeah, he's going to Florida wins a couple national championships has that program humming. You get a little bit of rumblings about there being some shady stuff going on. He, he retires because he wants to watch his daughters play volleyball. He's got health problems. Yep. All right. No, he finessed his way to the Ohio state job. So he goes to Ohio state has the success that he wants to have there. Well, he has history. That was like his dream job. He's from Ohio. I think he's from Columbus. So there was, that was like, the so he job gets his he, dream job. And then yeah. once again, things are kind of going up against the wall. There are a lot of questions and he bails sure. and now he's the Jaguars coach. I mean, he's, he wins everywhere he goes. Yes. That's my point. Guys fall in line. And, and I can listen, I can talk to you. I was in Columbus for, for a long time and I was connected to people that were in his organization as players. So parents of players who would tell you that his organization, the way that they treated their players was not always great, but the, but the, but, but the players knew their jobs, knew their roles, knew the expectations and met them over and over and over again. And to me, that spells success for young guys, kind of like what the, it seems like they had a draft pick every other pick in the first two rounds. But when you're talking about Trevor Lawrence coming in and you're talking about ETN coming in, you're talking about the guys that they have and beginning to build around. I'm not saying they're going to win this year, but I see a situation where this guy could be, he could be fickle. You could see him win a Super Bowl five years. And, you know, and after five years be like, peace, I'm out. Like he's done in every other situation. I just, I just, it's hard for me to write him off. I guess is what I'm saying. 
he's a funny guy. If 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 Jacksonville turns this thing around, I think it will. Not, I will not necessarily point to Urban Meyer mm-hmm. and say he. They, they did it with him as not necessarily because of him. Sure. I think they've loaded themselves with assets. They they walked into one of the best quarterback prospects in recent years. I mean, Trent Balky's built in he's he's assembled Super Bowl rosters before the right. general manager. Like right. I think he will be a piece of it, but I'm not going to be sitting there putting him on my shoulders as the reason the Jacksonville Jaguars became a good football team. It's just to me, when you look at Doug Marone or Gus Bradley, right? <laughs> Urban Meyer to me automatically is like above them, those guys. No. Why is there so much? See, this, it's, Why it, was it, nobody else interested in Urban Meyer? If Urban Meyer is this amazing leader of men that's going to turn the corner, like why was no other team interested in him? Was he interested in them? I guess is the question. This this is this is what I'm drilling into because this is fun. Why is there so much angst about Urban Meyer? Is it because of the success that he had in Florida, and then it was like like you said, a little weird the way he left, and then he had so much success at, at OSU in Columbus, and it was a little weird the way he left. Is that what it is? Yeah, when it's there's that Saban. much weird because people like, love Nick Saban and Nick Saban went to Miami. You have these heart problems, like you're gonna have a heart attack on the sideline. <laughs> it's only gonna get more stressful in the NFL. Way more. It should get way more. But I mean, it's what's not, this guy gonna he's guy gonna collapse on, on the sideline? But I mean, college buffs love Nick Saban, and Nick Saban freaking hosed the Dolphins. Hosed them. If they get Drew Brees, <laughs> that's a different situation. They flubbed that. Well, if we get Drew Brees, it's, uh, well, yeah. they had him. They, they, their medical staff failed him. The deal was done. We're going to get to the Saints because it's on the schedule. But does Drew Brees become Drew Brees if he doesn't go to Sean Payton? Drew Brees was not the get. Dante Culpepper. He was, was the really get. good. They franchise tagged him his last year with the Chargers. Like he was really good, and he and they were going to probably bring him back. And then he had the shoulder injury, like towards the end of the year after they had a great season. And he hits the market, and they already drafted Philip Rivers. Like I think Drew Brees was going to be amazing anywhere he went. I think they sat him a couple times for Flutie, though. Did they not? No, that was Phil Rivers that that was there. Now early no. in his tenure, yeah. I mean, Drew Brees was not Drew Brees' first couple seasons. Right, right, right. But but when it when Saban was at Michigan State and Drew Brees was at Purdue, Drew Brees torched Michigan State for both sure. games. And so, like, that was the big thing. He was going to go and be Saban's quarterback with the Dolphins. They brought him in, had the deal done. It was done. Their medical staff said, no, we're no. not passing this show. I remember. So they traded a second-round pick for Dante Culpepper coming right. off of a knee problem. He lasted four games. That's right. You want to talk about a colossal <laughs> screw-up. I mean, that, Thank God. that's terrible. So now they're going with John Beck and Pat White and these goofy quarterbacks? <laughs> it's... The AFC East might have looked a little bit different over the last 15, 20 years if, if it was Breeze in Miami and Brady, and Brady. in New England. Yeah, it would, I mean, the, would nothing not, would be different for the Bills. But. It would not have changed our outcomes at all. We probably had, would have had worse records because one of the few teams we could have beat was the Dolphins through that whole time. I right. commend you for the Pat White reference. That was good. Like You took him in the second round, man. I, this baseball <laughs> player from West Virginia that was like nothing like any quarterback we've ever seen. Dude, I find my my memory at this point and totally off subject is just it's I'm getting concerned. Like I don't know if there's a vitamin that I need because I'm like <laughs> names are beginning to escape me. Names that I should uh, I know. One of these, the one a day, I, right here. I put it on the desk so I don't forget. Does it help? I don't know. 
<laughs> I don't know. That's amazing. All right. Back on point with Jacksonville. Um, they don't scare me as a venue. This is another one of those situations of Bill's Mafia takeovers, right? So do you see the mafia making their present their present Florida the, the mafia presence, the displaced mafia in Florida showing up at this football game? Yeah, I feel like I feel like uh Bills fans love the reason to get to Florida, right? Like right, right, right. <laughs> yeah, especially in November. Yes, please. Um, I, I think so. I think that'll be a well-traveled game for for Buffalo. And I I mean Jacksonville, I, I'm sure there's some buzz about this team for the first time in a while, but it's still a stadium where they had to put swimming pools on the, you know, around the concourse to get people to show up. You know, we're With not a talking glass about wall so you can see the girls in the bikinis. Right. Can Come we just on, add right? that like, part? Yeah, yeah, yeah. It's, it's not going to be this ruckus environment that's too much for the bills to handle i mean come on for now. sure so. for sure so that to me is a uh, should win right yeah. that's where we're at so uh ladies and gentlemen you're listening to joe miller and joe marino talk about the schedule i got a, I got at least a couple questions for you can you stick around for a couple minutes and answer a couple questions yeah what do we got man so steve lynn said uh asks will the bill uh what will or will what the bills will what will the bills didn't do to strengthen the secondary and did defensive tackle position or will, I think that's supposed to be will the bill or will. Oh, that, that is right. Will what the bills, what will, what will the will, bills? I don't know. Will, <laughs> will what the bills did not do to strengthen the secondary and defensive tackle be our Achilles heel for us this year. That comes from Steven Lynn. So I got it. Finally, it took me a couple minutes, but I got it. So follow that. No, they, they, um, did, they did not make a move in the secondary and the DT and defense. So uh, I don't think that Steven is is considering the return of Starla Tulele being the impact yeah. that we're all kind of hoping it's going to be. And then obviously we were all expecting the Bills to go corner first, second, please in the third when the dude fell to us and they didn't. That's what, what he's saying. Will that be a problem for us this year? I think if you if you want to glean some hope on the Bills defensive tackle situation is the return of Star Latule. It is at Oliver in year three, and there's been a lot of Bills players in year three that emerge, whether that's Josh Allen, Tredavious White was his best in right, year three, right. Deion Dawkins was his best in year three, right. Matt Milano was his best in year three. So I think you you hope that those things happen. Um, you hope that Vernon Butler being able to be a little bit more of a versatile less relied upon player that he gives you more. You hope that some of these defensive ends that they want to reduce inside and play on the interior help that. So I don't know that I look at it and say the Bills didn't do anything at defensive tackle because I, I could point to those things and, and show you where they did do something. I mean, will the secondary be the Achilles heel? Was was the secondary the Achilles heel last year? Are, are we saying that the reason the Bills didn't go to the Super Bowl last year was because they're secondary? Uh... I've not heard that. I've heard the probably, running game. I've heard not, other things. Probably but, not early, but late, or probably not late, but early. I mean, early, the secondary was a problem. Levi yeah, Wallace. Yeah, late. for sure. And I think it got better, though, didn't it? Like, Teron Johnson got benched and came back and played it, better. It got better, and Levi see, seemingly got better. That's it leads to a great question. What do you see as Dane Jackson's role this year? And I know that Bill's Mafia has talked a lot about it. And, and guys like you probably get sick of hearing about it, but do you see him getting a real opportunity? No, I think the starter opposite of Tredavious White is going to be Levi Wallace. I think you could see Dane Jackson sprinkled in a little like Josh Norman was when both Levi and Norman were healthy last year. And I mm -hmm. think they do like his aggressiveness and his willingness to tackle. And there could be some matchups that they like Dane Jackson a little bit more if they want to do some more press stuff. But, I mean, 
I went back and listened to Brandon Bean's pre-draft press conference today, actually, mm-hmm. and listened to what he said about Levi Wallace and talked about how that's a guy that's going to find a way and is has elite intangibles and, and football intelligence. I think they love him. What did Sean McDermott say about Levi Wallace? That he He's everything that he wants a Buffalo Bills player to be. I mean, eventually we just have to accept that the Bills love Levi Wallace and they're fine with him being the starter opposite of Trey White. But – I have a I have a comment about that. Is that okay that I have a comment? No, about you that? can, and I want them to upgrade <laughs> Levi Wallace too. But there's the pro- a what you want to see happen and what reality is, and I think the Bills have given pro- us indicator after indicator that they they like Levi Wallace at CB two. What I love, what I love and hate about football, and what I love, and I, I'm concerned about about this is the only thing that I'm concerned about about Sean McDermott. He loves guys that bring their lunch pail to practice. He loves guys mm-hmm. that are practice players. And that's what he loves about Levi. Levi is the system guy. He shows up. He does his job. He does his work. He puts in his work during the week and whatever, blah, 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 blah. And regardless of what happens on Sunday, I'm going to roll with that guy because that guy is bought into my system and he practices the way that I want him to practice. I'm going to keep trucking him out there. Brian Winters, same thing. And Brian Winters was a problem for this offense, was a problem. And it finally took them, what, six, seven games before they were like, bro, this ain't working no more. We got to, we just got to, we got to move on. And that, that to me is a concern. I love, it's funny because I love it. I love the commitment to the player, but at some point in time, some guys are just gamers. And that goes back to what was it? Trent Edwards. We heard that about a million years ago that Trent Edwards was not one of them. One of them wasn't a great practice player, but they were a gamer. Who was it? It was a quarterback. They talked about like that. I get that. It might've been Peterman. I get that philosophy, but like Levi, I, I like Levi more than like Brian Winters, but when the when the when when the, the clock starts on Sunday, you got to play. You got to play. Your, you got to play football. I don't care what you did on Tuesday or Thursday. Sunday's different, right? Uh, I think a lot of coaches say the way you practice is the way you play, right? And so that's what I was told growing up when I played baseball and all the other sports I played for sure. You feel like McDermott would be a coach that believes that, though, right? But how long does it go before? How long do you see it? How long do you not see it before you're like, okay, this isn't working? They give they give them a lot of rope. They give players a lot of rope, and I I appreciate For sure, especially appreciate players that. they brought in. I appreciate that. Yeah, but sometimes when when your whole the whole right side of your offensive line is being collapsed because your right guard is just not good at playing football, right? It's, it's six one. That's, but that's also why the players love him. Yeah. <laughs> So Chris Jenke says or asks question for the Joes, which late round rookie do you think will have the biggest impact on the team this year? Doyle Stevenson, Hamlin, Wild Goose or Jack Anderson? Stevenson. I think Stevenson has a chance Absolutely. to be the starting kick returner. And Absolutely. because of that, he'll dress. And because of that, they'll give him opportunities uh, vertically and uh, with the ball in his hands in a lot of the Isaiah McKenzie stuff. So I think it'll yeah. be Stevenson. Yeah, I'm in in the exact same boat. So we're going to wrap this thing up because it's been a long time. I apologize for keeping you on so long, Joe, but this has been a lot of fun. I'm excited already for next Sunday uh, to finish this thing up, and we'll try. We should be able to roll through it pretty quick because we got there'll be several duplicates in there. But uh, real quick before I cut you loose, uh, what uh, one more time? Where can everybody find you? At the Joe Marino on Twitter. Locked on Bills is the podcast. 
that is the podcast and where do they find you on twitter did you say that already yeah you at the joe marina at, at the joe marina. and i would i would encourage everybody to follow joe joe's just a great follow a lot of good content a lot of good stuff um and if you are into the college stuff or not there's always a great you've just got a great it was funny how much i was googling when i was going through my prep and post prep uh of the draft the amount of times that you had written the blurb how many blurbs do you write on that draft, oh, on draft prospects? A lot. So I have a region. So I have the ACC, the AAC, LSU, South Carolina, and Tennessee. So yeah. if it's one of those players, they're mine. Yeah, that was awesome. I was like, goodness gracious. This says Marino again. I think like a, <laughs> 150 or so. Yeah, it's a good 150 one. schools or no, players. No, players. Yeah, players. schools, it's like, I don't know, 30. Yeah, gotcha, gotcha. That's still yeah. a lot of players, but uh, that's pretty awesome. But uh, I appreciate it so much. Thank you, everybody, for being a part of the Overreaction Sports Podcast, brought to you by the Market Dominator on the Buffalo Rumblings Podcast Network. I'm your host, Joe Miller. You can find me on Twitter, as always, at Joe Miller Wired. If you follow me, I will follow you back. And on behalf of myself and my guest tonight, Joe Marino. Joe, say go Bills. Go Bills. Go Bills. And we'll see you guys next week for episode two of the Schedule Breakdown. Thank you guys for being a part of the show. Thank you.